Still a nation, what's going on? It's your man Kev Easy here, man. It is the season finale of the Stills for Seven podcast, season five. It's episode 86. The season is over. All the boo-hoos and who-news and who-hoos and you-hoos, you feel me? I don't know who still drink those, but hey, it's out there. Um, the season over, man. Ain't no prediction, ain't no, you know, what ifs. Uh, I'm not playing the what-if game because I'm going to just get upset again. I ain't even trying to get upset because I, I shouldn't have been upset to begin with. But in this episode, man, you already know that we're going to talk about the regular season. We're going to talk about the best passer, of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's still a history. We're going to talk about the running game. We're going to talk about the offensive line. We're going to talk about the receivers. We're going to talk about the tight ends. Well, of course, they're like half and half tight end, half lineman, half receiver. We're going to talk about the defense. We're going to talk about coaching. We're going to talk about the GM. We're going to talk about the Rooney. We're going to talk about little Rooney. And I'm not saying little Rooney out of disrespect. It's that I know his pops. You feel me? His pops. And the way the players revered his pops was like, yo, that had me feeling like, yo, that's my grand pops. You feel me? Like, if you are still a fan and you felt like Bigger Rooney was like, well, it's funny because Bigger Rooney was little than little Rooney, but... You feel me? Like, you understand. Like, you feel like that's the grand, that was your grandpa. Because you're still a fan. You feel me? When you see him, you like, yo, man, you already know, man. Everyone going to lay it on the line for that guy. Because that man loves the Pittsburgh Steelers. And not only does he love the Pittsburgh Steelers, he loves people as well. So you want to run through a brick wall for him. We don't really know too much about Lil Rooney, you know? But we're going to get into that as well, man. But this is just the opening. Man, ugh, it's the last time I'm doing this this season, man. VentureSeasonNetwork.com, man. Get locked in. Let's start the show. Pittsburgh Steelers, man, the 2021 season is in the books, man, without taking it too far back into the wild card game, I think a good 95% of Steelers Nation knew what was going on. It was a 5% that actually believed that it was a chance, you know, me where I really was at, I was saying, no, we're not going to get past the Chiefs, eh. But I also had that little 5% of my brain was saying, yo, man, it's hard to beat a team twice. And they kicked your ass the first time. You remember when the coach, this is when I started getting like sucked in into the 2005 thing, right? And it was like, yo, man, remember when the coach kicked your ass like in this regular season? Marvin Harrison had that touchdown on the first play. Peyton Manning went on the team. Yo, man. And in the playoffs, you know what happened, man. Y'all end up winning the game. It's because Ben Roethlisberger made a tackle. Let's keep it 100. Jerome Bettis was supposed to score on the one-yard line, but he wanted to pull a Julius Randle. Yeah, I'm cross-sporting. You feel me? He wanted to do some nut-ass spin. 
that caused the ball to come out, turnover. But big motherfucking Ben got back on his back pedal. You know what I'm saying? Made the tackle, and Mike Vanderjack missed the kick, a.k.a. the idiot kicker. Your kicker. And that's not my words. That's Peyton Manning's words. You feel me? You can go do your research. Look, man, we didn't have that type of game with the Chiefs. The Chiefs kicked our ass the first time, and they kicked our ass the second time. But I'm not going to lie, y'all. Y'all can't tell me that first half. It was like, oh, shit. Oh, man. Ayo, we might have a chance, man. We bringing it close. And the whole time this week, if you've been in tune, man, Mike Tomlin, his whole thing was like, yo, man, we play close, anything can happen. If we can go into the second half, half of it and it's close, anything can happen. Yo, sorry. First half, I was like, oh, shoot. All right. All right. We might have something. And then out of nowhere, like right, right I want to say uh, the Chiefs scored right before halftime and they got the ball back. And I think they either got points or they scored again. Look, man, I'm going to tell you this right now. It was over. It was over. Because, and it's funny because, well, not really funny. It's more so like I'm not upset because I felt like in the second half of the game, Ben Roethlisberger called his own plays. I felt that way. So I'm like, if Big Ben is going to go out, let him go out throwing his, I'm not throwing his plays, but, you know, Playing how he want to play. I saw him throw it deep a couple of times, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't there. Um, bad timing for Deontay to be dropping passes, man. He dropped a few passes, and I felt like he would have had a touchdown on one of them drops that he had, man, just, just based off his ability. But you know, man, you can't be perfect. Najee had a fumble, but Najee was hurt. You know, I ain't making excuses for anybody, but it is what it is, man. We saw what happened. Shout out to the captains, man. Big Ben, Derek Watt, and um, Cam Hayward. Shout out to TJ Watt. TJ Watt, man, for the playoffs. Definitely um, told the world that defensive player of the year is mine. I came on a big stage. Not the biggest stage, but the big stage, is, which is the dance. And I went off. You know what I mean? Especially in the first half. Second half, it was really nothing TJ could do for real, man, because it was – at that point, they said, yo, all our eyes is on him. All our eyes is on him, man. So, salute to the other guys, man. Alex Highsmith, <clears throat> I still, when I say his name, I think about the miss sack opportunity he had on Patrick Mahomes. He just, like, arm tackled him and missed. And I'm like, oh, man, that's a guy that's not used to getting sacks, you know? So, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year as far as certain players and their growth and development, but... As far as this game goes, man, if you ain't listen to the morning after, I'm going to give y'all that. Just that. So here go. The morning after. On VentureSeasonNetwork.com. Also, Stills for 7 Podcast, YouTube, man. Make sure you lock in because the morning after is about to hit you right now. Stellar Nation, what's going on? This shit, man. Kev Easy, it's the morning after. You know what I mean? Making a quick run. This is going to be quick. This ain't going to be long, you feel me? Yo, I'm telling you, man. Pittsburgh Steelers, they made it to the playoffs. But at the end of the day, based off what I've seen on Sunday, I think the NFL needs to take the seventh seed out the playoff bracket. Because not only the Pittsburgh Steelers get manhandled, you know, at a certain point, you know. We started off first quarter. I felt that was an accomplishment in itself, a small victory, having the Chiefs have only zero points after the first quarter. 
You know what I'm saying? They would, I think the Chiefs is like one, and the distance between one and two is like crazy as far as first quarter points. So the fact that we was able to keep them to zero in the first quarter and, you know, second half kind of keep it still a game in a way, that's a win in itself, man. By the end of the day, the better team won. Offense, defense, well, special teams, is, that might have been kind of even there. But offense and defense, definitely uh, the Chiefs are way better. And it's not a knock on talent. It's more so like it's a lot of experience over there. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we have a lot of talent, but there's a lot of room for growth for guys, you know. A lot of guys are young. You know, um, wasn't really anybody outside of T.J. Watt. Uh, Trey Norwood had a lot of good plays for a seven-round pick, man. I'm actually happy about that guy, man. Uh, most of his opportunities, Trey Norwood was able to really, really take advantage of it, man. He's a guy that's like next year he should have a bigger role in some capacity. Like, it's a couple guys I feel like next year is going to be a good year, man. Like, you know, it's not a year that we wasted on the defense because there's a lot of young guys on the defense as well that can add. Offense is very young. They'll get better over time. But um, my point again about the seven C's being in the playoffs, the Steelers got smacked, right, respectively, in the second half. And the Philadelphia Eagles got smacked respectfully in the first half. And there was the seventh seed on the NFC side. Now, the NFC... That seven seed and the AFC seven seed, which is still is both lost in the, the way they lost, it doesn't really look good on, um, I guess, getting that extra team into the playoffs. Because it's like both of these teams got smashed, dude. Like, is it going to – next year it may be like one of them things where if it happens again, they might eliminate it. But they probably won't because, you know – the the NFL is all about making money, and I'm sure that when the teams got blown out, both teams lost the way they lost. NFL said, uh, did we make money off of it? Did we make money off of it? Yeah, like, all right, well, we're going to do it again next year, then. You know, so, yeah. I guess, man. Big Ben, he's done. There's no more. Um, it was sad, that Cleveland Brown game. Last home game, it was sad, shed tears. That Ravens game wasn't wasn't one of those, you know. But I was happy that he, you know, finished the regular season with a win. At the end to the playoffs, you know, I was in a moment watching the game, but I wasn't hell bent on getting a win. You know, I, it was more so like if we can make it close, competitive, and if we can still a win, that would be a steal. So. I don't know, man. The VentureSeasonNetwork.com is live right now. Might be watching this on there. Hopefully you are. And um, Wednesday, episode 86 will be the season finale of this season. Of the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers for 7 podcast, episode 86 will be the season finale where we give our regular season awards um, grades for positions grades and all types of things man a whole lot of fun stuff man so make sure you guys tap in
like I said, Venture Season Network is live right now. Happy Venture Season Network Day. You know, it's happened to fall on Martin Luther King Day today, but you can celebrate both, man. So salute everybody putting in work. Don't let the grind outgrind you. You feel me? You be the grind. You outwork the grind. Make the grind look up to you. So, yeah. It's like, nah, shit, man, Kev, easy, man. Um, Stills for 7 podcast. Like I said, episode 86 will be out Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. And it might be the longest episode of the year. Who knows? But y'all have enough time to listen to it because it's going to be the last one. And then in maybe a week or two, well, I'll say once the Super Bowl is over, that's when we're going to get back to it with the podcast, episode 87, the season beginning, the new era. I already got the title for it. Matter of fact, episode 87, the new era begins. So be on the lookout for that after the Super Bowl, Wednesday, the first Wednesday after the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to talk about draft picks. We're going to get into that. You know, uh, live streaming. Make sure y'all tune in on this channel or, you know, VentureSeasonNetwork.com, you know, for live streams. Going to start getting on Twitch, you feel me, a little bit heavier on there. Everything y'all need is on VentureSeasonNetwork.com. You know, if you want to follow anything, search for some podcasts and sources, VentureSeasonNetwork.com. You know, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. Make sure you lock in, man. But she made Cav easy. I was trying to get out of here a few times. Now it's the time because it's cool as hell outside. Peace. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's the morning after, man. Let's get into the season, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers, man, as you know, they were 9-7-1. Started off with a win against the Bills. Winning that game 23-16. And that game, when I watched that game, it was more so like, yo, we made a lot of plays. As far as splash, right, to win that game. All three phases were good. Not not exceptional, but good. Um, so it was good enough to get the win. Caught the Bills early. The Bills didn't wake up yet. The next three games were all L's. Not scoring over 20 points at all. Uh, 17, uh, 10 the next game, and 17 the third game, the, the third loss. While giving up at least 24 points to the opposing team. That's the Raiders. The Bengals and the Packers. All three teams are playoff teams currently. So if you look at it, the Pittsburgh Steelers out the gate face four playoff teams out the gate. You know, so you already know that, okay, them saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers had the hardest schedule, they weren't lying because the first four teams that the Pittsburgh Steelers played are in the playoffs. The next two teams the Steelers end up playing, they didn't make the playoffs. And these resulted in the wins. Well, you know what? I take that back. Let's go further than that. The next four wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers were against teams that didn't make the playoffs. Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks, Cleveland Browns, Chicago Bears. Those games were close as well, with the Broncos being, game being an eight-point win, Seahawks game being an OT win versus Geno Smith at that. Bye week, came back after the bye week. Had a debatable with the Bears. <laughs> but that's a battle rap for people who watch battle rap or whatnot. But the Steelers won that game by 5, 15 to 10. And then won by 2 against the Bears. 
So the Pittsburgh Steelers is five and three at this point, but it's not like a five and three that you're convinced that it's going to make a big push because we're still asking, like, what's going on with the offense? What's going on with the offense? By this time, we've seen a little significant, like, step forward. I want to say a significant step forward, but you've seen the step forward from the offensive line during this stretch as far as rush blocking because from the Broncos game all the way to the Detroit Lions game, the Steelers went over 100 yards rushing. That five-game stretch there was probably the best the offensive lineman played in the stretch. Um, <clears throat> and then it kind of just went down from there, man. Uh, let me get into the Lions thing. That that game ended up in a tie, and the Lions were, I believe, 0 and, let me see, 0 and 6 0 and, at the time, maybe. 0 and 7 at the time. I'm not sure. I think 0 and 6 at the time. But, hold on. well, whatever the Lions were, the Lions were, were bad, you know, but they were in all their games. It's not like they was getting smacked all over the field, right? This game ended up being a tie 16-16. If you see a trend here, the Pittsburgh Steelers really can't score more than 20 points like that. By this time, the Steelers scored 20 points in one, two, three, four games versus one, two, three, four five games that the Steelers didn't score 20 points. Now, this is the NFL 2021. In the, in, in the NFL 2021, if you can't score 20 points, your offense is not good at all. At all. Because with all the rule changes, uh, the pace kind of being somewhat faster, the players being somewhat faster, you know, um, a whole lot of throwing of the ball, so a lot of chunk of yards at one time. Um, and the team can't put up 20 points on a consistent basis. It's not good, man. And the only time a team, like, you'll see the Steelers put up significant points if the Steelers are behind and need to come back or behind and just want to – and just have pride. Because no matter what Pittsburgh Steelers team you see, at the end of the day – these guys got the Pittsburgh still logo on them. You know what I'm saying? They got the city of Pittsburgh on their back. So it's a level of pride there. They're not going to lay down and die, you know, no matter how bad certain parts of the team is, you know, at the time. But after the Lions game, man, it's just two more losses against the Chargers who barely missed the playoffs. Um, our tie kind of played in a, a play the factor, you know, some weird stuff with the AFC playoff picture where that when the teams, it was the Chargers, Raiders, Steelers, Colts. And it was some weird stuff, man, but it still doesn't get in there. But anyway, the Chargers, you could say that was a quote unquote playoff team because they would have made it, you know, if the Steelers lost or and they beat the Raiders. So, so it was right there. The Bengals, of course, they won our division. That's another loss. In that Chargers game, I'm sorry, the Steelers scored 37 points, but that wasn't a loss. We had to come back. You know, we gave up too much there. I believe we had, no matter of fact, we didn't even have a turnover that game. We just couldn't even, we just couldn't even stop. We couldn't stop anybody. We gave up a good 159 rushing yards. Well, I won't say good because it wasn't good. Because the Steelers did worse than this a lot. You know, the Steelers defense, man. And 
after the Chargers game, we lost that. Lost the Bengals game, who ended up winning the division, but the Bengals put up 41 as well. So that's two weeks back-to-back that the defense felt folded and put like, they allowed 82 points in two games, while the offense was able to only chunk up 40 points, 47 points in the game. That's not good. With that 47 points, you can only you can beat these both you can beat both these teams, but you'll only beat them by six if you had them 47 points. You know, so the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is like abysmal. You know, um, still trying to find answers. No one has an answer. Then we go against the Ravens. We beat the Ravens, but you already know how those matchups are. You really can't. Like, the Ravens could be an all-world team. The Steelers can be, a, like, probably the worst team in the league. You know, I'm just make, saying an example here, uh, vice versa. But it's, the games is going to be uh, five or less, three or less, you know, one-point game at the end. It's because the, the culture of the organization of the, the Baltimore Ravens and the organization of Pittsburgh Steelers, they just know each other. They both have, like, that rivalry is healthy, right? You know, yeah, it's hard hitting, it's mean, nasty, but it isn't dirty. There's a lot of respect there. You know, now that Big Ben is out the door, um, we can see where that rivalry continues. It, does it go to, instead of the players on the field, it goes to the coaches now. They really en- put an emphasis on the coaches because, you know, both of them are amazing coaches, Mike Tomlin and Harbaugh, you know. But anyway, man. From the Ravens game to the next Browns game, it's just win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Loss against the Vikings where we gave up 269 rushing yards. Um, hold on, excuse me, excuse me. And we actually rushed for that. But we gave up 216 rushing yards and bounced back against the Titans without Derrick Henry. Won that game. Went to the Chiefs, lost that 36-10. to you know, so when you watch something like that, like, all right, what can the Chiefs do to really change their game plan? We have all the film we need to actually change things. But we'll come to find out that the Chiefs didn't have to change anything <laughs> to get almost the same result. But towards the end of the year, steam started to pick up um, and a winning against the Browns. Ben's final home game, a very emotional game. At the end, man, I already know I shed some tears, man. I know it's a lot of Steelers fans that shed some tears. It was just a magical moment, man. Um, and if you didn't, if you didn't watch the game, I don't. If you're listening to this and you didn't watch that game, yeah, I appreciate you listening. You feel me? But you need to go back and watch that damn game. You feel me? Because that game was emotional. It, it ended with Big Ben game winning drive, man. It's only right, man. It's only right. He was an Ohio kid, you feel me? So it's only right that he got his last home game in Ohio. Won that game. Next game, which ended, which would end up being his last regular season game. And his last regular season game is in the same place where he had his first regular season start. So it's like the Ben Roethlisberger story. Yeah, it may not have ended with a Super Bowl, but... It's still a cool ending to it. You know, it's like, okay, he's an Ohio kid. The Browns passed on him. Um, and 
he tortured the Browns for his career. And then look, his last home game is against the Browns. His last game of the regular season is against his heated rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Like, if you're not going to play for anything in the postseason, those are the good, those would have been two good wins at the end of the season on and just chalk it up the next year. Because I have thoughts about what I think this season was really, what really, what really this season was. I have a theory. I'm going to break it down a little bit more. But to wrap up this, to wrap up the season, man, you already know what happened in the playoffs. Um, but still, I would like to thank the Jacksonville Jaguars because without them beating the Colts and, you know, of course, the, the Chiefs, I mean, not the Chiefs, the Chargers and the Raiders game actually finishing and not finishing in a tie. The Pittsburgh Steelers was able to slide up in there as the seventh seed, man. But I got a question for y'all. It's... It, it's it's more so of a NFL question, but the fact that the Steelers was involved in, into this, I have a question for y'all. But y'all gonna have to wait until y'all hear a word from the sponsor. Oh man, that water was good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My question for y'all is: Do y'all think that the NFL? actually benefited well you know what no it's a simple question because yeah they did extra game more money wow but on a competitive level do y'all feel like the seventh seed adding the seventh seed to both conferences was more of a benefit or more just like i don't know do you think it's something they should take away because in both games the eagles was the seventh seed on the nfc side and they got smacked 31 to 15. You really can say they got smacked 31 to 0. They got their points all in the fourth quarter. Garbage time, you know? And in the, in the Pittsburgh Steelers game, I already told y'all, we got smacked um, 42 to 21. Really, it was 42 to uh, 14. That last, well, you know what? Nah, it was, it was 21. But still, man, we that game was over. <laughs> it was over, you feel me? And I thought the games was going to be a little more competitive. I actually thought the Eagles games would be going to be a little more competitive because the culture has a familiarity with it, with Tom, like this organization. I don't really know about – it's a lot of defenders on that team that that was around from back then, I think. You know, I don't know, man. But I thought they would have a better game. Like us, I'm not going to lie. Though we would have a better game. And it was like that. It was like that. I'm not going to lie. It was like that. It was... Let me see. Make sure I get my stuff together. Oh. At least for the first quarter, man. <laughs> that first quarter, it was cool. And, um, and you know, TJ Watt got the touchdown. Fumble recovery touchdown. Um, and then it was kind of over from there, man. Uh, woke up a sleeping giant. The juggernaut, which is the Kansas City Chiefs offense, man, they just put us down like dogs. Well, they put us down. They put us down. <laughs> they put us down. Um, shoot, man. I'm just saying, looking, I'm like, ah. Uh, if I have to look, the most points we put up in the game was against the Chargers. 
man. And the most points we gave up was 42 to the Chiefs in the playoffs. But we gave up we gave up north of 35 points five times. And we supposed to have a top defense, man. But that's I won't totally blame the defense for that. It's really the product of your offense going three and out over and over and over. Your offense is going three and out over and over and over. Your defense, I don't care who I don't care who you are. Your defense is, you can be the 2,000 Ravens, man. If those guys was going three and out over and over and over, yo, the 2,000 Ravens defense wouldn't be the same. The 2002 Tampa defense wouldn't be the same. It wasn't at all. It wasn't at all. Shoot, even last year, Pittsburgh still a team wouldn't be the same. You know, and that offense was, to me, shoots like on a, uh, on a stat level. I think last year may have been better than this year. Um, I don't want to play the matter of fact game. Let's play the this is what it is game. The 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers, when it comes to yards, total yards, they gave, I mean, excuse me, they was able to gain 5,361 total yards on 1,113 plays. While giving up 6,139 yards to, you know, every other team and whatnot on a 1,116 plays. That's three more plays than us, but more yardage is being given, like being gained, like on the other side. Like our defense was able to get 22 turnovers, but our offense turned the ball over 20 times. You know? So it was like it, it was the offense wasn't really helping the defense at all. When you go to last year, last year's team, our offense um, put up five thousand three hundred fifty-four yards on one thousand forty uh, forty-three plays. Actually, less. That's crazy. And but only having eighteen turnovers. While the defense, well, you know what? All right, defense gets some type of blame, man. But still. <laughs> The defense was getting off the field last year. They didn't even have, allow the opposing teams to equal up to a thousand plays, you know. So, but you can also credit that to us missing damn near our front. We had Cam Hero played a phenomenal year, but missing Tyson, missing Stephon Tuitt for the whole year, basically. It was it was very hard, man, because you had to put Isaiah Lotta Milk in there. You had to put a couple of other guys in there. Isaiah Bugs, you know, Isaiah Bugs ended up getting released towards the end of the year. Um, me, honestly, I feel like that's because of the Adams kid. Like, it, we got a little more out of him, man. That's the guy I hope we bring back. But if we had Tyson and Stephon to it, Isaiah Lotta Milk and maybe Isaiah Bugs, he probably still be on the team. Who knows, man? I don't really know why he was cut. You know, I don't even want to get into it if it was personal, but um, I would think that if we had Stefan Tuitt and Tyson on the team, Isaiah Lottemilk probably would have had better opportunities, you know. He would have been able to go up against a beat-up offense because Tyson and Stefan Tuitt would have been going crazy. Crazy. You know, so... 
But, man, our offense this year, I don't even want to go back into last year. It was crazy, man. Let me just get that out of there. But, you know, this offense kept going. I only gained, like, 323 pass, I mean, first downs. Like, I can't compare that to averages, but just going off of what the other teams were doing. It's like the other teams were doing better than us in almost everything, except for completions and attempts because, you know, we only pass it. You know, Ben was dinking and dunking. I don't even want to say dinking and dunking. He was just throwing sideways most of the time and occasionally throw, you know, the back fade to Chase Claypool and them, you know. So, I don't know, man, but... This, to me, if I have to wrap this whole season up here um, before we get into awards, I honestly feel like this year was after maybe the third game. Hold on. Maybe after the first month, that's when we kind of realized, like, yo, okay, guys, this is going to, we're going to really do this for Ben. Um, I think Matt Cannon coming in was the start of it because Matt Cannon's offense is not for Ben, like the type of quarterback Ben is, right? Like, I honestly feel like if we had Deshaun Watson in Matt Cannon's offense, a lot of more plays would be would be done. Like, we would be able to have a lot more plays. Like, you'll be able to see a lot more things because of Deshaun Watson's ability to move, you know? And let's keep it real, Deshaun Watson is a better passer of the football than Ben Roethlisberger right now. You know, Ben only has a few throws in his arsenal. You know, he was dealing with injuries, you know what I'm saying, hips and all that, um, shoulders and all that, you know, old man stuff. You know, so he was, he was really on his last leg. Like, yo, he he died on his sword. You know what I'm saying, if, if y'all understand that one. But if we had Deshaun Watson running his offense, it would be, it would be a faster-moving offense without actually doing no huddles, you know, because it'll just be bigger plays, you know. Chase Claypool, James Watson will probably be utilized as his best ability, which is going deep. Um, Deontay being, oh, my gosh. You know, Deontay production will probably be the same. Like, the Ray Ray McLeods, like, their productions may be the same, but you'll see a lot more. You'll see defenses. Well, actually, it'll probably increase because defenses will have to respect that Deshaun Watson will actually throw it deep. You know, so they'll be backing up. Najee Harris will benefit. You know, so this is the fact that Big Ben, they knew Ben only had a few throws in his arsenal. The defense was like, all right, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to stop the run. What's up? Najee Harris was able to do his thing in his rookie campaign based off the situation he was in. But, you know, it is what it is. I think this whole season was just like, yo, we're going to do this for Ben, but this is the le- this is the final ride of the era. This is the final ride. I don't even think the team – Thought we was going to the not wow, going to the playoffs, you know. Ben was in his press conference saying, "Yo, man, we shouldn't even be here. We shouldn't even be here. We shouldn't be here." Me, I think Ben believed that just a little bit, you know. I believe that Ben felt like, "Yo, this is another chance I can make things right," you know. Now that's a couple factors when it comes to that, but man, the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. Was a roller coaster and a roller coaster. <laughs> Straight up. It was a roller coaster, man. Because I'm just sitting here thinking, man, like, you know what? All right, that's it. That's it, man. I'm done with that, man. Let's get into the. 
let's get into the happy part of the show, which is the, well, you know what? All right, we not there yet. You know, we kind of almost there. We got to give out grades, y'all. We're going to give out grades, man. And then, you know, we're going to give out awards, the fun stuff, you know, um, plays of the year and whatnot, man. Um, but here we go, man. Let's get into these grades. All right, man, we back at it, man. Grades, 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 grades. Let's grade these position groups, man. And then offense, defense, special teams. Quarterback. Let's start with the big guy, man. Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben Roethlisberger, man, had um, an average year. I'll say an average year, man. Keep it 100. Um, he wasn't the worst quarterback in the league, but he wasn't the best quarterback in the league as well. If I have to... Give me a quick second here. Let me get it together, man. Ben was... 64%, 64.5, let me, you know, give him all that, 64.5% <laughs> on his passes for 3,740 yards, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, um, 22 touchdowns ain't going to cut it for a quarterback in this generation, in this era of football, 22 touchdowns not going to cut it, I don't think Deshaun Watson, I don't think, um, shoot, you know what? I'm not going to say that. But all the quarterbacks we're looking at, I don't think they're getting 22 touchdowns. I think they're getting more than that. They got more than that. You know, Ben longest pass was 59 yards. That's unben like. You know, we're used to Ben. It wasn't too far away from Juju getting them 90, a 93-yard run, 98-yard run. Not run, but, you know, the 90, 93-yard. Like, Ben throwing them deep. You feel me? So, it's like. <laughs> been not throwing deep at all this year, averaging um, about six yards per throw. It wasn't too good, man. It wasn't too good, bro. It wasn't too good. Um, but at the end of the day, he had seven game-winning drives this year, and that would tell you that, to me, I believe Big Ben, he would get a C for this year, man. He played bad a lot, man. I'm not going to lie. But it's like them game-winning drives was cool. It wasn't good enough to give him a B. I'm not doing a plus, minus. It's just a solid A, B, C, D, F. Flat. You feel me? That's how we're going to come up with these averages for the offensive defense, you know? But I think Ben is well-deserving of a three, man. He, if he would have had – let me see. If Ben probably would have had a good – if he would have had 4,000 yards, maybe 29 touchdowns, same interceptions and whatnot, it would be a B. I would give him a B. But nine, it wasn't that. It wasn't that, man. It wasn't that. It wasn't really a threat. Passing game wasn't really a threat, man. With all the weapons we have, we should have had way more than that, man. Running back, running back, running back. Najee Harris. Najee Harris, man. What a rookie campaign for him, man. 1,200 yards on the ground. Um, 467 yards in the air. Test the ball 381 times. Really was our offense, man. Um, to do what he did 
his average was 3.9. He was almost averaging four yards a carry behind the offensive line that we was able to put out on the field this year. At the same time, Najee Harris, like he wasn't a perfect running back as well. He was still missing. He would miss certain plays here and there like any normal player would. It's not. I'm not saying he was perfect, but I'll say if it was anything, if it was any one player that kept us in the game almost all the time, even though it was like it was a minimum game, it's just the energy, the, the the fight, the grit. Like he'll make a three yard run look like, yo man, that's a seven yard run just because he's dragging people. He's getting touched as soon as he touched the ball. Um, breaking tackles immediately. I feel like he has the most break. Bro, I don't know. He might not, but. As far as touches, though, he's that guy. He's that guy, man. Um, I won't give him an A because the numbers are the numbers. But I will give Najee Harris a B on his rookie campaign because with situations, the situations he was in, man, like if, I felt like if I, to, for me to give him an A, Najee would have had to win a little bit more games for us. You know, like it, we would needed more from the, him in the passing game, you know, things like that. You know, so if he probably would have had a good 700 yards receiving, probably more touchdowns. Um, he only had 10 touchdowns in, in the season. If he had like 15 touchdowns. No, I'll give him that. But, you know, he did what he, what he was able to do with the circumstances. I feel like next year will be a better year. I feel like we'll be better equipped to help him in that regard because we spent the first round pick on him. So it's not like, yeah, we got to get the quarterback and stuff, but we have to make sure we get this offensive line right for this first round pick here, you know, and get him a backup that's worth a damn, man. You know, I'm not saying the other guys are not. Just not for this team. I feel like they'll be able to play in other games, I mean, other teams. Um, receivers. Receivers. I can't say fullback because <laughs> F. <laughs> we barely use them like that. But receivers, man, I would have to give all wide receivers. I would have to give them a three as well. I would have to give them a, I mean, excuse me. I would have to give them a C as well. Um, I gave Najee a B. The reason why I would give them a C is because <clears throat> knowing Ben's limitations, I felt like we could have seen more out of them. Um, now, salute to Deontay Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Deontay, he cracked 1,000, you know what I'm saying? He, had, he was targeted 169 times with 107 receptions for 1,000 yards. Excuse me, 1,100 yards. Let me not shortchange him. Eight touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like if he would have gave us a little bit more in that aspect, man, uh, maybe 15, 12, 13, maybe 1,300 yards, maybe 10, 11 touchdowns, man, I, I think I, that would have raised the level, man. Chase Claypool was second, but Chase Chase was targeted 105 times and only caught 59 passes, man. So it's like a lot of them things, like his, his cash percentage was 56%. And... We need more out of him, especially with his talent, man. His talent. And you can put the blame on the quarterback. You can put the blame on him. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be the star guy, you're going to be a star guy, you got to go out there and get that thing, man. Um, and, and back to Deontay. Deontay started the year on fire. I think he was like, he went like 40, 
targets without a drop or something like that. But he went a while without drops, man. And then, you know, towards the end of the year, as it was getting colder, man, you know, the start, the drop started to creep up, man. So it may be a weather thing with him that he might have to figure out. A little more on the focus side, but I think Deontay Johnson gonna be cool. I think Chase Claypool gonna be cool next year. I think all our, I think everyone's going, all the skilled players is gonna be cool next year because we're gonna have a different quarterback that's gonna be able to move better than Ben. Like all we just need is a guy to move a little better than Ben, yo. Know? And then I feel like and be able to throw it deep. If you can throw it deep and move around just a little bit, yo, know, we gotta we got we got a chance to see all these guys' talents, man. James Washington, 44 targets, 24 uh, catches, man. It was just a waste for him, man. I, I feel like I feel like he might be somebody that's going to get traded. He's definitely not going to be on the team next year, man, because we just didn't use him. We didn't use him. In, and again, in the playoffs, he showed why we should use him. When it comes to combat catches, man, he's he's probably number one. Maybe number two behind Juju, man, but he's there. He's there. He's there, man. And I, I spoke on Juju. Juju, he got hurt early in the year. He got surgery. He was able to come back for the playoff game. So salute to Juju for that, man. Um, what's my guy name? Uh, Ray Ray McLeod. He also had a good impact on the year as well, man. Like, that's a lot of guys, man. So I, like that's the reason why. I'm, that's another reason why I'm giving. The receiver group would be is because, and I have to grade them by a group. I can't just grade them by one guy because it's really a group. I could have done it with the running backs, but it's like it was really Najee, like really just Najee. But as a group, a lot of guys contributed, but it seemed like we could have got a little bit more from certain guys. You know, it just is what it is, man. It is what it is in that aspect, man. Offensive line. To me, I gave the offensive line a D, straight up, straight up D. Um, not a flat-out F because they were able to get, you know, Najee was able to get, twelve. I mean, 1,200 yards on the ground. He was able to get it, you know, so that's saying something. That's saying something, man. So, but at the end of the day, they still wasn't good enough, man. It wasn't really moving a lick. They pass blocking was a little better than the run blocking, but at the same time, you can't really tell because Ben wasn't able to hold on the ball for a certain amount of time. Kendrick Green was playing out of position. Um, and it was kind of too late to, to really make that change by the time we, the coaching staff noticed. Um, Dan Moore, rookie year, solid, solid man. To be a, left, a rookie left tackle and play the way he played, he wasn't a superstar, but he was solid as hell, man. I think next year he's going to be great. Um Kevin Dobson, I'm getting hurt. That was a blow. So we had a rotation of guys there. Um, I already talked about the center situation. Trey Turner was good, a solid vet for the for the offensive line. Um, and on the right side, shoots. You know, we got to do better there. So, and and at the end of the day, all the guys wasn't able to gel. Like you've seen it for that five game stretch I, I spoke about, four or five game stretch, but it wasn't really like that again. Um, they had like a two game stretch off one and then had another uh, game that was good, but wildly inconsistent throughout the whole year. Um, and really, if they want to be consistent about one thing, it was not knowing who to block sometimes. 
So the offensive line was not not terrible because there was offensive lines, other offensive lines in the league that was worse. But I feel like just based off their inability to the to, to keep the whole blockers up, the move blockers out the way um, in a timely manner, it hurt our offense as well, man. And I feel like they get most of the blame because I'm one of them guys that respect the offensive line. I expect the trenches. I expect the offensive line, the defensive line, because they really, the game is really won and lost there. You know, when you see your guys get blown back, like the defensive linemen, and then the offensive line, you see them running into Big Ben or they getting tackled with Najee in the back of the field. I'm like, yo, come on, son. Like, y'all supposed to be the toughest on the team. You know, and I'm not talking about, like, tough. Like, I'll go hurt something. I'm talking about, like, yo, tough as in, yo, ain't nobody going to move me off my space. Nobody going to move me off my block at all. At all, you know, so offensive line, they definitely get the um, they definitely get a D, man. But if I have to sit here and round that thing off, the offense to me is going to get a C because of the production from Najee, the efforts. In production from Najee and the amount of receivers that contributed. Right. And I can and I didn't bring up Pat Frymove as well. Um, I'm gonna include him with um, the receivers. Pat Frymove, uh, Zach Gentry, Kevin Rader for the, the little bit. Um, especially Zach Gentry, salute to him, man. I'm I'm proud of his development. I think that he's a guy that should take a next step next year or whoever we have. Um and also have Pat Fry move have a thousand yard year or close to it, you know, next year. So, you know, those guys are solid. Pat had seven touchdowns. Um, he only started in nine games. So we lost Eric Ebron for the year. He might be done. He might not be on the team next year. Who knows? Uh, we'll find out a little bit more of that as the season, as the off season goes along. Um. But that's the offense, man. The offense get a C for me. You would think I would give the offense a D, but it's different factors, man. Y'all know how the grading system is, you know. So that's the offense, man. When I come back, we're going to talk about the defense grades. And then we're going to go into special teams. And then we're going to go to the awards. And we're going to wrap this thing on up, man. But when I get back, we're going to attack the defense. this 
my dad's and keep doing me. Hit stick, no perfect, picture perfect, no TNT. Number one, no AB, long as it's been healthy, we gravy. Still a game drip, no same drip. Still piss me tied with Brady. These off whites, no slim shade. You got hands filled, you know we're going crazy. Out Long Beach, you know I'm going crazy. The gang there, you know I'm going crazy. Banging with me, look, I'm still up top. Juju with the dance, corner off the block. All about that bread, devin' at your top. Chris Kane, that's a lot of gangery. If you steal a gang, then you bang, 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 bang. If you with the team, then you gang, bang, gang, gang. If you steal a gang, then you bang, 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 bang. If you with the team, then you gang, bang, bang. If you steal a gang, then you bang, 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 bang. If you with the team, then you gang, bang, bang, bang. If you steal a gang, then you bang, bang. If you with the team, then you gang, bang. Yeah, you already know what time it is. Defense, defense are great. So let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. D-line. D-line, man. D-line is tough, right? Because you lost Tyson. Uh, Stefan Tua never was able to play. You know, for the reasons we don't really know 100%, but he wasn't able to play. He wasn't on the field, right? So it was really up to Cam Hayward, big dog. You know what I'm saying? With the rookie Isaiah Lottomilk, Chris Wormley, um, Henry Mandur, Mandur, you know, uh, who else? Isaiah Bugs, uh, what's his name? Uh, Adams. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of pieces in there, man. But to be fair, to be fair, our linebackers was getting, the offensive linemen was getting to our linebackers fairly easy, blowing them out of position, and we gave them a whole lot of rushing yards, man. That thing starts at the front. That's, that starts right at the D-line. As amazing as Cam Hay was playing, as great as uh, contribute efforts we got from other guys, man, I'm going to have to, just because I'm not doing pluses and minuses, it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to have to give the D-line a C, man. Cam Hayward was literally the only consistent guy. Everyone else was inconsistent. Um, you had games from Chris Wormley. You had a game from almost everybody. But Cam Hayward was the only guy that was consistent all the time. And I think the D-line suffered from that in the grading system. Uh, me, per if, if I had the pluses and minuses involved, I probably would have had uh, maybe... I probably would have said C-plus, right, close to a B. But I'm not doing the pluses and minuses, man. So we, we're going to have to just sit on that, man. The D-line going to have to get a C. Um, circumstances and results. Circumstances and results resulting into that. Now, let's go into linebackers as a whole. Now, this is, this is where it gets funny, right? Because I can break it up into edge rushers. And I can break it up in, with middle linebackers. And I feel like the play of... The edge rushers and the middle linebackers are so different. I would have to do that. I have to do that. So let's go with the middle linebacker group, right? It was really about a good four guys, four to five guys contributing, man. Devin Bush, who actually started playing well towards the end of the season, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing Devin Bush next year. Joe Schobert, who started pretty well towards the end of it, was I saw his playing time kind of go, go down a little bit. 
Robert Spillane, who's good at, at one aspect of the game, but not multiple. And you had Marcus Allen, converted safety, who came in and did some good things. You had, you know, Buddy Johnson. He came in every now and then, you know. So it, it was like really five guys, man. Um, and this is not a plug. But I'm just saying, like, it, it was literally like five guys in rotation because it wasn't really one guy holding it down, right? Devin Bush, you can say, was probably the most consistent guy on the field. Uh uh, yeah, man. So, but at the end of the day, man, our middle, the middle of the field was getting attacked so many times, like so much. That was probably the weakest part of the field. You seeing quarterbacks making these passes, and our linebackers is not far, far off. But it's just like, yo, y'all cannot even make. I can't make the play. I can't make the play, you know. You see Devin Bush make plays towards the end, but it was like that was the end, like literally the end, right? But I'm going to have to give the middle linebacker group a D, man, straight up, straight up. The middle linebackers get a D from me, man. Um, Edge rushers, I'm not going to lie. T.J. Watt alone carried the group. T.J. Watt tied Michael Strahan's sack record. Future defensive player of the year. Uh, it's only a matter of time they make it official. Um, you know, you had contribute. Yeah, some. Yeah, some contributors from other guys. Man, Alex Highsmith had six. Um, yeah, six sacks. Derek Tuska had two sacks. You know, this is about it. There, Melvin Ingram was able to have. Um, he was able to have a sack. When he was on the team, he was gone. Half a sack for Taco. But the diamond, the 22 sacks for him, 22 sacks, 22 and a half sacks for T.J. Watt, 39 quarterback hits for T.J. Watt. His play alone gives the edge rushers an A because he was so dominant that the other guys was able to eat, but not, you know, to the amount of TJ because TJ was still eating. He was caught, he was getting all that attention and eating at the same time. And now that I sit here, I'm not going to lie. I feel bad about the D-line. I'm not going to lie. Giving them a C because they got sacks, man. Like Cam Hayward got 10 sacks. Chris Wormley got three sacks. You know, um, Henry Mondul got two. Alex, uh, I mean, excuse me. Isaiah Lottomunk has one. So, but it's like, yo, the running game is too important, yo. Like, for the D-line, to me, to me, the, the rank, stopping the run is the most important thing for a D-lineman, man. Like, the sacks is cool, but if you're not stopping the run, what is what is the sack? Like, who cares, you know? So, yeah, I'm going to stick with the C. But that's tough. That's tough for me, man. That's tough for me to do that. But edge rushers, man, I'm going to get an edge rushers an A because T.J. Watt, bro. T.J. Watt, man. T.J. Watt. So we got DBs. And I'm actually grouped the DBs, right? Because I feel like I can't do corners and safeties because they, they kind of all feed off each other, right? It was a lot of factors. A lot of factors. James Pierre started the year as one of the guys he was going to start, but he was getting cooked so bad. He went so far down the depth chart 
Bro, I forgot he was on the team until I saw him on special teams. I was like, oh. But we had some solid player corner, man. Joe Hayden was kind of nicked up this year more than normal. Um, his final year, potentially final year with the Steelers, man. We don't know. Hopefully he can come back because looking at Akello, who was we traded for, and no one on the team really knew, like, yo, what the heck is going on here? Yo? Like, what's going on, yo? <laughs> like, yo, why we trade for this guy? We could have got, you know, Stephon Gilmore, and we didn't, you know? But he showed his value towards the end of the year, man, breaking up passes, getting interceptions. Like, he was definitely uh, solid. And the only thing I heard about him when we traded for him, like, his only issue was confidence. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, if he lacked confidence, if Mike Tomlin can't get him to be confident in himself, then he don't need to be in the league. You know, so I guess he, he built his confidence up and he was able to make plays, man. Um, when Joe Hayden was there, you know, he was doing good. But Joe, in that playoff game, he was getting cooked. I ain't going to lie. But, you know, he bad day at the office for Joe. But it would be solid to get him back. But if not, cool. Because I, I saw a couple good plays from Justin Lane. I seen a couple, you know, James Pierre, based off what happened to him this season, he may turn up next year. You know, it's, you still have Cam Sutton, who I feel like just because Akilo played the way he's playing, you can put Cam in the in the slot, like, permanently. You feel me? Like, you don't even have to question if he's going on the outside. You can put him out there sometimes, but just keep him in the middle of the field. You feel me? Like, keep him in the slot. Like, um... Terrell Edmonds stepped up his play a lot. Mika Fitzpatrick started slow, but his impact was was different. You didn't see it in picks too crazy. You saw it in more so broke like broken up plays or or key tackles or just just making the quarterback look a different direction. You know, so Mika was definitely solid if you paid attention to his play, especially maybe after after five games, six games in, Mika started turning up in that aspect. You know, I'm going to separate it. <laughs> I'm going to separate corners and DBs, man, because there's so many players and factors. I think our cornerbacks, I'm going to give our cornerbacks a C. Um, because, like I said, when you had guys making plays, you had guys giving up plays. So it kind of like, it was average. It was more so average, man. And safeties, let me add a, let me add a few more guys in there. Um, not Like just as far as DBs in general. Arthur Moulet played some good time, some good minutes for us. Um, Trey Norwood, in the playoffs, first half, he made a few plays. You know, seven-round pick. Still, I think so. Um, I'm going to end up doing a video a little bit later on today. Excuse me. He had a press conference, him, Pat Frymuth, and a few others. Going to do that watch. Part two, final still at Final still plays press conference of the year. We're going to listen to that. We're going to react to that. You know what I'm saying? We put a bow tie on this year. But the defense, I, what I say, I gave – I didn't even give it a great job yet. For cornerbacks, I said cornerbacks would see. For the safeties, I'm going to give the safeties. I'm going to give the safeties. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, bro. I may sound crazy, but I might have to give the safeties an A, bro. They barely kind of messed up this year. Barely. 
And it was a time when Mika messed up and uh, Terrell Edmonds saved them and vice versa. So they had each other's back for the most part. Same with Trey Norwood. I could give them a B because it's not like they, you know what? Uh, and Mika Fitzpatrick led the team in tackles too. So I'm going I'm to give the, the, the safeties. Yeah, I'm going to give the safeties an A, man. So where we at? I got... I got a C for the D-line. Oh, man, I feel bad about that, man. I'm sorry, D-line. But um, let's see, I said D for this. I mean, excuse me, C for the for the D-line. The middle linebackers get a D. Um, edge rushers get an A. Uh, I mean, not edge rushers, but, you know. Outside linebackers, um, our corners, I said they get a C, and I'm going to give them an A. I'm going to give our safeties an A, bro. I'm sorry. I'm going to give our safeties an A. <sighs> so if I have to grade the whole defense, man. Hmm. All right. All right. So, if I had to give the defense a grade, even with the two A's, man, I think the defense gets a C. Now, it's a high C. It's a high C, and I ain't talking about the drink. But I'm saying, it's, it's them, the middle linebackers, in the D-line, not able to stop the run was a big factor, bro. And then, like, our corners our corners making plays but getting cooked as well. You know what? Hold on, man. Let me talk to the judges because the judges is calling me over. They saying they might have to recalibrate this. Hold up. All right, the judges is telling me to round it up to a B because it's so high of a C. So, I'm going to give him the defensive B, man. Um, the Me just not being able to stop the run on a consistent basis, it is it, it don't sit right with me because the Pittsburgh Steelers I grew up watching, um, you know, the, the, the Aaron Smith, the Brett Kiesel, the Casey Hamptons, like James Farriers, you know, you know the guys, man. You know the guys, man, like. That's my era. That's my era. And then the, then the James Harrison Troy era. Like, that. that's my era. You feel me? So, it's like I'm watching guys stop the run consistently, especially that 05 defense. Like, they stopped the run, bro. You wasn't getting 100 yards on us at all. At all. It's to the point that I actually remember when – I actually remember who actually was the first running back to break the streak um, of the Steelers having – like holding running backs under 100 yards. It was Thomas Jones. And that was mad long ago. And I still remember that. You feel me? So it was like, this, like the Steelers, you can't do that now because the Steelers will give up 100 yards in any given Sunday. You know? So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know? But other other fans might see that as different. Be like, yo, but they got the sacks, though. Like, yeah, that's cool and all. But, yo, you got to stop the run. You can't stop the run. You can, you can get all the sacks you want, but they run the ball. They getting them. They getting like the yards they lose in the sack. They making up for it when they run the ball. 
That's all I'm saying, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give the defense a B, man. I'm gonna give him a B. It's a low B, high C, but you know that's that. That is that's what it is. What it is with that. As far as special teams go, to me, I feel like the special teams straight up get a C. Uh, Boz was good this year. Um, he missed the kick, but you know it was one of them. Um, he made up for it the same game. But Boz was solid this year. Presley Harvin, rookie. Uh, not too good of a rookie campaign. Playoffs, he had a good game in the playoffs, but you know he also had uh, a loss in the family as well. Prayers up for him. Like towards the end of the year, we brought somebody else in. Um, he was doing good too. But I feel like if you go and spend a draft pick on a punter with a ability that Presley Harvin has, you have to give him a chance to bounce back. And especially he ended the season on a good note. He had a lot of good punts in that last game. Um, coverage as far as punt and kickoff was good. As far as receiving, us actually getting returns and whatnot, Ray 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 ain't really do the job like that, man. Like he had a few good run, good ones, but we got no touchdowns. You know, we ain't, we not making plays in that in that as far as that put our offense in a better position. You know. So, I'm going to have to give them a C because they didn't do anything too crazy to really change games on a consistent level, you know. Say, so I know there's some of y'all like, yo, damn, it's special teams, man. Like, just have, like, raise your heart. Like, don't worry about that, man. Special teams, if you want to be a B or an A, you got to put some points up, baby. You know, got to get some points up. Or, you know, your punter got to get a couple of them punts, man, put uh, the other team inside the 10. You know, um, Boz got to hit all his field goals. <laughs> you feel me? So, hey, man. Um, but overall, man, this Pittsburgh Steelers team, to me, still overachieved based off, just based off the situation they were in, man. The hardest schedule in the league, still is able to be over 500, still is able to sneak into the playoffs. Um, with an offensive line that's in it, with an offense, because I want to say a good 60% of the offense is like like guys in their first three years. You know, so this guy's going to be a year older, a year under the system, uh, into the system. You know, uh, another quarterback going to probably put a shock into their system like static, you feel me, or... It's going to be a bad year next year, you feel me? But I, it, I think next year is going to be the true test. Everyone that's been calling for Mike Tomlin's head, you finally get your chance to see what this man can really do without your number one crutch, saying he had Ben Roethlisberger his whole career. But how about Ben had Mike Tomlin for most of his career? You know what I'm saying? So, But, you know, that's a different argument, man. But let's get into a little brighter note here. Awards, Offensive Player of the Year. To me, it comes down to two people. Two people. Number one, well, it, well, let's do three. I'll do three just for suspense purposes, right? Number one being Ben Roethlisberger. Seven game winning drives. Fairly good. Fairly good, especially at his age. You know, 10, ten, ten picks, but, you know, it's not like he was just Throwing like throwing turnovers, like he was throwing picks all the time. You know, he had probably like two bad games. 
like terrible games, but he's just picking it up, like throwing, <laughs> throwing interceptions. Number two, Najee Harris, uh, probably the core of the offense. Offense probably gets nothing with any other running back back there. Actually, we've seen a glimpse of that. We've seen a glimpse of that. And number three, Deontay Johnson. Started the year off hot, wasn't dropping a thing. Slowed up in the middle, uh, towards the end of the year, started dropping passes, man. But overall, dynamic player. So out of those three players, who do you guys believe is the offensive player of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers? The 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. Can I get a drum roll, somebody? On the other side? Do a drum roll, yeah. Well, here we go. And the winner of the 2021 Steelers for Seven Podcast, Offensive Player of the Year for the Pittsburgh Steelers Award. Yeah, the award with Matt Long, you feel me? But look. The winner is Najee Harris, man. Our offense don't go nowhere without what Najee was able to do this year. Um, I feel like Deontay wouldn't have been able to do what he was able to do without Najee. People having to account for Najee because, yeah, you can shut the run down, but Najee is strong enough to, like, okay, we're going to have to really, like, buckle down on this guy because he can wear a defense down. Like a Derrick Henry or a Marshawn Lynch, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying he's those type of guys, but I'm saying like those those type of running backs was wearing you down, you know, as the game was going along. Like Adrian Peterson in his prime. Well, you know, I'll take that back. Adrian Peterson's in another bracket. But you get it. You get the deal, man. You get the deal. So Najee Harris, Offensive Player of the Year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, according to the Steelers for Seven podcast panel. <laughs> As far as defense goes, man, we got three candidates, three candidates, three candidates. But I think everyone, everyone, their mama, their daddy, their uncle, their granny, you feel me, their aunt, their cousin, Lamont, their cousin, Sanford. <laughs> yeah, we all know who defensive player of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, is, but... I'll just still throw out three candidates out there. Number one, Cameron Hayward, who I feel like should be the man of the year. The man of the year. The man of the year. He needs to win that award, man. He needs to win that award, and this should be that year for him, man. Cameron Hayward, man, did his thing this year. He had an interception this year. Couple nine pass deflections, man. Forced fumble. Uh, you know, 10 sacks, like I said before. Like he was able to really do his thug thizzle. You know what I'm saying? So, salute to him when it comes to that. Number two on the list. Number two on the list, Mika Fitzpatrick. He had two interceptions. You know what I'm saying? But he had seven pass deflections, one forced fumble. Like I say, he led the team in tackles. Solid, solid year. Solid year. And then it's number three, T.J. Watt. No interceptions this year for T.J. Seven pass deflections, um, five forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, touchdown in the playoffs, 22.5 tying the record 
from um, with Michael Strahan for the sack record. Only in 15 games, my, may I add. So next year, get ready because he's going to break it. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, he did what he did as far as he had 64 tackles, 39 hits on the quarterback, which is crazy. Just think about that. Think about that. Think how many sacks he could have had. You feel me? So, and I think I just said it, man. Like what I, I said it without saying it. T.J. Watt wins this award. It ain't no drum roll needed, man. This guy's gonna win the actual Defensive Player of the Year award unless some craziness happens with the voting, which shouldn't. I think the playoffs was anything was just them submitting his like that. Like, look, man, he's Defensive Player of the Year this year. We should have gave. He should have. This should have been year three. It should have been T.J. Watt. Winning it for the third year in a row. But I understand you guys want to spread the love around. TJ Watt is going to have more than one. But we need to get this one. Make sure y'all announce it. Make sure you do it nicely. Do it nicely, man. Best player on special teams, man, goes to Boz again. Boz, what can I say, man? Yeah, he had maybe a few missed kicks here and there. But other than that, solid, man. Solid guy. Solid guy, man. Solid game. Solid season, excuse me. So, that's the grades, y'all. <laughs> that's the grades. And those are the awards, man. So, when I come back, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. We're going to talk about Big Ben one more time, man. One more time before we get up out of here, man. Because you see the title. I mean, excuse me, not the title, but you see the cover of this thing. Big Ben is officially over. He's done. You know what I'm saying? Five years from now, he's in Canton. So I'm going to give this time for y'all to get y'all final bathroom break. You know what I mean? Take care of that customer that you serving. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you do what you got to do because you need to come back. And we all need to sit here and just appreciate Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger one last time on this show. I would like to thank Ben Roethlisberger, man, for an amazing career, man. Dude, I don't think you understand that you literally raised a lot of people. Ben, you have people in their 30s. I'm 30 years old. I'm 30 years old. When Ben Roethlisberger was drafted, I was in middle school. You know what I'm saying? I experienced the first Super Bowl. I experienced the accident. I experienced the second Super Bowl. Almost died the day after the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? So it's like, I'm going to always remember that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I was there for the third Super Bowl appearance against Aaron Rodgers. The game was kind of a blur because I was drunk as hell. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, that you know, um, don't ask my age at the time. I may have been underage. But anyway, <laughs> um, I was there for the killer beat era. I was there, man, for, for the recent struggles, the, the question of his leadership. You know, I was there for his whole career. Big Ben raised a lot of people. There's some kids that was that's 17, 16, 15, 14. The only quarterback they ever know is Ben Roethlisberger. There's quarterbacks that watch court that watch Big Ben that's coming up saying I'm gonna be like Big Ben that's in the Pittsburgh area. That's the only quarterback they know. 
So that's the only guy they really look up to. You know what I'm saying? Like they may feel how they feel about Brady and whoever, whoever else is around. But when you got ben, Big Ben in your town all your life and you're an aspiring quarterback, you're going to want to be that guy. You're going to want to be him, especially if you're a big guy. If you're a big guy, you're a tight end, you can throw that thing. You might want to convert one day. You're be like, yo, I could probably throw that thing. I could be like Big Ben. You know, Big Ben set a standard for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, man. I feel like before Big Ben, you know, it was Terry Bradshaw and then it was everyone else, right? With Big Ben, I feel like it's Big Ben, not even just me. I'm not, I'm not alone because even Terry Bradshaw gave it up. Like, Big Ben is the greatest quarterback the Pittsburgh Steelers have ever had. Terry said it out of his mouth. So you can refute it. You can do whatever you want. But Terry Bradshaw said it out his own mouth. We were in the area era where we saw the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback play football. You know, that's of right now. We don't know who's coming in the future. Hey, man, if we get Deshaun Watson, hey, man, if we get Deshaun Watson, he going to make some shape. He going to make some shape. He might get a couple of rings with the team. I don't know. But that's the future. I'm only talking about what happened, and that's Big Ben Roethlisberger making countless plays. Number two all-time, I believe, in um, game-winning drives. So you already know if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you're going to always – like you might have to get your heart checked out in the Big Ben uh, era. You might have to really get it checked out, man. You got certain plays when Big Ben is just escaping guys, escaping sacks, like guys like trying to come for his head, a little duck, whoop, get off him. You know what I'm saying? Just find even Heath Miller, Heinz Ward, um, Santonio Holmes, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Cedric Wilson, Mike Wallace, um, Heath Miller. I said his name already. Jeremy Tooman, if you bring all the way back. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, the guys of today, man. There's so many guys that Big Ben threw the football to. Um, Top three guys being Heinz Ward, of course, Antonio Brown. And that third guy is up for debate. That third guy is really up for debate, man. I will probably give it to Heath Miller because uh, cause I wanted to stick with receivers, but you have to put Heath there, man. You got to put Heath there, man. But those three guys benefited the most from Big Ben, and Big Ben benefited the most from them for their talents and them being reliable but Big Ben has so many plays in his career, man, from the 40-yard run against the Browns, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, the 40-yard touchdown. Like, Big Ben was able to do a thing. You feel me? He was able to shake uh, anybody. Like, the Super Bowl catch of Santonio Holmes to this day is the greatest pass in Super Bowl history. I don't want no one to tell you nothing different. That Eli Jones was not it. It was all receiver. You feel me? Big Ben threw, threw in triple coverage. Just because he knew the play was going to work. You feel me? Because he had an opportunity to, for it to work on the other side, and it didn't. And he said, yo, we're going to come right back to it. Tone, we're going to come right back to it on the other side. He made that happen. Look, man, he was able to do the thing. But my biggest memory of Ben Roethlisberger, man, is just playing through all the injuries, bro. Like, people can say what they want as far as, like, the, the former play, some former players, like the, the Chris Carters. You feel me? Like, they can come out and say things like, look, man, he's, he's going to be on the injury report, this and that. Yeah, he might want to sell the fight. But no one complained about Michael Jordan making up beasts with people. You feel me? No, I ain't saying Big Ben is Michael Jordan, but he the Michael Jordan in the Pittsburgh. You feel me? But I'm just saying, 
I'm just saying, like, I'm just, well, you know what? I'm not going to say that because there's some old heads that are listening right now say, yo, this young man is going crazy. Haikyuu called him Michael Jordan when um, Terry didn't lose in the Super Bowl. I mean, he went four for four. So what? <laughs> you feel me? So what? So what? Big man. But nah, man. Um, this Big Ben has some amazing highlights, man. He overcame a lot of things, man. Um, to me, I feel like Big Ben in the history of the game will go down as the guy with the greatest pump fake of all time. Like, this guy can literally go through a full motion of a throw, not throw it, keep it in his hand. He gets the camera all the time, and guys benefit off of that, man. He shaped coverages. Um, there's just so many things big ben, about Ben Roethlisberger game that will be missed. And I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers should have a statue of, of I'm not saying take down the Franco statue, lead that where it's at, you feel me? But a statue of Big Ben would be necessary, I'm not going to lie, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because 18 years, 18 years with nothing but moments, never having a losing season. Now, there's people out there that's saying, look, man, that's not an accomplishment, not having a losing season. Well, look. You try telling the Jets that. You try telling the Cleveland Browns that. You try telling the Detroit Lions that. You you tell the Vikings that. You tell you tell a whole lot of teams that. That's not an accomplishment. They're going to look at you and say, I wish I was getting disappointed like y'all. We disappointed because we're not even getting close to the dance. We're not even getting close to the dance at all. But, man, it's all good, man. It's all good, man. Big Ben went through his whole career without losing season, man. He may have lost some uh, years off his playing career. You feel me? Off the way he was playing and living. But, look, the type of man. We was able to watch Ben Roethlisberger go from a crazy college kid. And I, I'm, not, I'm saying crazy loosely, you know. But we watched Big Ben do that and turn into the guy that we see now, like a family man. Uh, he got multiple kids. Uh, married wife, you feel me? Like, um, you know, he's heavy in the religion now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we was able to watch the transformation from Ben <laughs> to Benjamin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we can say, like, Big Ben back then, like, you know what I'm saying? Roethlisberger hanging in the cubs or whatnot. Yeah, doing thing. And then you look at Ben Roethlisberger now, it look like he'll read a book with his leg crossed. You feel me? With the glasses, like, this slightly on you know you know you can put the picture together but it's good to see man big ben what a hell of a career dude um don't think about coming back unless it's like at least next year don't come back enjoy life man you spent almost half your life in the nfl you deserve to have at least a year or two to yourself bro you know what i mean your family man um i appreciate yeah I, I appreciate everything that we was able to see in these last 18 years, y'all. I appreciate it all, the ups, the downs, because it could have been a whole lot worse, y'all. We could have been like the Steeler fans in the 80s. We could have experienced that. We could have experienced that, but we experienced better to the point where our the standard is the standard to us is, yo, we, I don't understand if people say we need to go win Super Bowls and stuff. We went, we went three times in Ben's era, three times, but we was always in the playoffs, you feel me? But... People saying, yo, if it ain't Super Bowl, it's nothing. I'm like, yo, we better just get in the dance. Because once we get in the dance, anything that happens any given Sunday. I've seen a lot of football. You know? So it's like, 
the fact that Ben was always able to even put himself in a position to be in a dance. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. The dude is top five in a, in a lot of categories. Um, when it, when you think about 500-yard games, you have to think of Big Ben. Big Ben is the only quarterback to have 12 touchdowns in a two-game span. Ah! Yo, man. Y'all get the picture, man. Y'all get the picture, man. And if you if you a Ben Roethlisberger hater, I feel sorry for you because this man is going to be loved, cherished. His number will be retired. You feel me? Like... All I'm saying is y'all better, I better see y'all in Canton. Who going to Canton when they say, when they knock on Big Ben's door and say, yo, you going into the Hall of Fame, who's going to be in Canton? Y'all about to have me act like Michael Irvin here, yo. Hold up. Yo, look, I'm going to end this podcast right now, man. It's your man, Easy, man. Stills for Seven Podcast. This is the season finale, man. Hell of a season, y'all. Oh, man. I'm going to be back at it after the Super Bowl. We're going to get into the offseason, man. In the meantime, make sure y'all lock in AdventureSeasonNetwork.com. Make sure y'all lock into that, man. Because I'm going to have blogs and videos and all that type of stuff going on that thing, man. So make sure y'all tap in, man. You know what I'm saying? Stills for 7 Podcasts on Instagram. Stills for 7 Pod on Twitter. I'm going to get heavy on that thing too, man, in the offseason, man. Make sure y'all follow the Stiller Nation group. It's a whole lot of Stiller Nation groups, but if you see my face in that thing, you already know you following it. You feel me? Get up in there. Um, Reddit, follow me on there. You know what I'm saying? Well, follow the group. Talk your ish in there. You know what I'm saying? No hole barred in there. You feel me? No holes barred in there. You feel me? You know what I mean? Say what you want. Just don't get too crazy up in there. Um, I can go on and on forever, man, but you already know. Still some seven podcasts, man. It was amazing. I would like to thank everybody that was a guest on the show this year, man. Um, I couldn't have done it without y'all. You feel me? Uh, it was it was an amazing experience um, to talk to new people and things like that, man. Looking to build more with people in the future, man. Next year, going to be attacking these games a little bit more, man. Spent this year really focusing on Adventure Season Network, getting that thing up. Now that that thing up. It's time to make these moves now, man. So next year, we're going to get right. Matt Canada, it's looking like he may stay around. Keith Butler, it looked like he about to walk He about to walk that line, you feel me? And I ain't talking about, you know, as far as getting another job. I'm just talking about, hey, he might retire. Yeah, I seen that. Um, Kevin Colbert, after the draft, I'm hearing he's gone. So it's really a new era, man. So I don't need everyone to take a deep breath with me. Take a deep breath with me, right? We're going to do it on three. Inhale. Exhale, and I didn't even count the three, but hopefully you follow the directions. Yeah, so here we go, man. One last time. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Shout out to the gang, man. Look, man, it ain't over, man. It ain't over. If your head is down, pick it up. Pick it up right now. I don't know if y'all seen that picture or that meme or whatever. You feel me? When the basketball player, I think he like he had missed the uh I don't know what happened, man, but all I remember is he's walking up the court and they the he had his head down, his teammate picked his head up and all that. Pick your head up, man. Pick your head up, man. It's the end of the era, it's the beginning of a new era. The Big Ben era is my era. So if I'm not sitting here sad right now, 
Y'all shouldn't be sad right now. It's time to lock in, get ready. A new era is coming. It's time to really see what's up with the team, man. VentureSeasonNetwork.com. I'm out of here, man. Rolling with the choppers, catch a case, nah, no. We gon' dump the chopper after we dump it for show. Run up on the op, squeeze the Glock, yeah, po. Man, make it rain like we just did your hoe. Yeah, she just drizzled, man, I ain't gotta get into it. Kev, easy roll up out since I had a Buick. I don't understand how you niggas listen to music. Cavies, I rode around like I'm acting like I'm stupid. Niggas rolling with a dumb dumb, not cock back like it's fun. I don't care what you saying, homeboy, I'ma make sure you run. Run up the block, homeboy, go to police. You trying to get help from one time, one time for me. It's me one time, reaching for my peace. Click clack, click clack, pow pow, niggas deceased. I don't understand how you wanna talk, boy, you know it's me. If we pull up, dog, you going down, that's for real. 